I'm Nirbhai Jendra and this is the Embody Ayurveda podcast. Here you receive high-level, authentic and comprehensive Ayurvedic and yogic insights so that you can truly level up your wellness practices and profession. Like, leave a rating or review and subscribe for more. asana practitioner or have just dabbled in a couple of flow classes at your gym you have by this time come across ayurveda more than just once it's probably why you are here watching or listening right now you do have a sense of what ayurveda is it's a medicinal system it's a life science it's a wellness lifestyle all at once but maybe you're unsure about some of the deeper overlaps between yoga and ayurveda why are they a perfect pairing or do they in fact clash in their modalities? What is the need for one if you practice the other? Well, there are innumerable overlaps between yoga and Ayurveda. After all, they are ancient sister sciences that evolved out of the same cradle of Vedic wisdom within the subcontinent of India. And though these studies have morphed and adapted with the times through thousands of years, making sure to maintain their relevance, even as our environments, cultures, politics, traditions, ecologies have completely transformed. Yoga and Ayurveda, when learned and practiced correctly and comprehensively, have actually managed to retain their original purpose and essence. Yogic systems provide us with tools and insights to find deeper union with cosmic intelligence. Well, and Ayurvedic methodologies provide us with tools and insights to find deeper union with our body's innate healing intelligence. So what are we going to dive into today? One, a key root cause of disease, according to Ayurveda, and how yoga, specifically the systems taught within Hatha Yoga Pradipika and Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, can help tend to this root cause very effectively. And two, how Ayurveda helps bring intelligence to your yoga asana practice. Yes, this is obviously a very vast topic. And for now, I just really wanted to offer you a unique lens into when and why yoga and Ayurveda complement each other. And when and why yoga and Ayurveda are absolutely necessary when it comes to fully integrating the other. So one, what comes up for you when I say this? You know better and yet you act in a way that is detrimental to your health. You've experienced a lesson and yet you choose to make the same mistake twice and maybe twice more and twice more. You have felt your karma self make wise decisions and yet you allow your inner frantic and fearful voice to take a hold over you. These are all examples of you betraying your own inner knowing, wisdom, and intellect. This is known as pragna paradha, a crime against wisdom or a transgression of wisdom. This, according to Ayurveda, is one of the main root causes of all disease. Your ego is leading your behavior and pulling you towards self-sabotage instead of healing. Your discretion 
willpower and memory all fail you when it comes to being proactively caring and nurturing to your own mind-body system. This root cause is omnipresent and affects all of us to different degrees. I'm 100% sure that if you traced at least one of your pains and disturbances back all the way, we would see it stem from you making certain choices time and time again that served temporary sensations of pleasure, validation, and desire, disregarding the calls of your own deeper wisdom. Ayurveda even believes, in fact, that disease in this current lifestyle can sometimes be traced back to mistaken intellect and wrong actions committed in a past life. Overcoming Pragna Paradha is a lifelong journey of tuning into your higher self, activating discernment, and rewiring outdated toxic habits. It is probably one of the most unique yet hard to unravel concepts that Ayurveda provides us with. Here is where the practice of yoga is so potent. The Eightfold System of Ashtanga Yoga and the Comprehensive System of Hatha Yoga, for example, offer precise steps that help the student and seeker to remove the weed of pride and self-righteousness from the mind. These steps include an ethical and mindful code of conduct, regular breathwork, asana practice, focus, prayer, meditation. This means if you are looking for tangible ways to reduce how often your own willpower, discretion, and memory fail you, study and practice yoga. Through yoga, you can train your consciousness to become steady and centered. Cleanse your mind from confusing and distracting pulls and desires and be rested in your own innate wisdom. Let your inner knowing guide your actions and return you to health. And of course, when I say yoga, I mean more than just the postures. The postures help to create more attunement between you and your physical and subtle being. They help to hone alertness, sensitivity, and concentration with you. Certain postures help to cleanse psychic channels and assist with the correct flow of circulation. There's a lot here too that intimately links Ayurveda with yoga. But I want to take this time in this episode to go beyond just the postures since the postures are already such a hyped up part of the practice. And because when the postures are practiced without the deeper understanding of the system and its essential purpose, unfortunately, it ends up breeding arrogance and pride as opposed to weeding it out. So what is a tangible way in which yoga can assist in tending to this aforementioned root cause of disease? Let's look specifically to the second limb of Ashtanga Yoga, the Niyamas, for our answer. Now, my first episode, I dive into the first limb, the Yamas. And please do go back to that, refer to that for high-level articulation on how Ayurveda and yoga complement each other. This is another take. But now, the second limb, the Niyamas, refer to inner observances or duties we uphold within our personal lives. They are intended to help us build self-will, diligence, and mental clarity. They also help us to just 
cut through the noise and ignorance of the superficial and find truth in the subtler and more sacred aspects of this life. So I'm just going to briefly take us through the five core niyamas, specifically as techniques to help you and your clients or your students or your loved ones actively dis disentangle from a major pitfall, which is pragna paradha, the transgression of wisdom. So these five niyamas in yoga directly lend to tending to a root cause of disease as given to us in Ayurveda. So the first is swacha or cleanliness, a practice of keeping your spaces organized, your bodies detoxified, your minds clear, scanning your choices, purchases, affinities, priority, prioritizing ones that uphold your vision of cleanliness for yourself using products that don't have carcinogens, wearing clothes made with natural textiles and dyes, eating foods that are organic and local as much as is possible, cleanliness in one's thoughts, choosing ideas and beliefs that are vitalizing and focused as opposed to filled with toxicity and harm. Again, as in with the yamas, each of these niyamas can really be stretched out and delved into with a lot of attention. And doing this with even just one will really see you shift so much in your lives. And now here's an interesting thing to note before I get into the next four niyamas. One is, in order to correctly explore swacha or cleanliness, learning Ayurvedic protocols on diet and lifestyle for your unique mind-body system and context is integral. So here we see how Ayurveda actually lends to the more comprehensive and formed follow-through of yoga. Also, of course, in attempting to follow through with swacha, we might find ourselves ignoring our, ignoring our own intellect and wisdom, hence falling back into the trap that Ayurveda warns all of us of. So having an awareness of these cycles is incredibly important as we, as we learn to return to our center, to our focus. And this was just a side detour again to remind of that incredible overlap and link between yoga and Ayurveda. So now to the second niyama, santosh or contentment. So simple and yet so tough, right? to dutifully return one's attention to gratitude, to the remembrance of all that is serving, working, holding, uplifting, and supporting you, to be rested in your own abundance and wholeness, to act and work not from a place of urgency, but from clarity and vision. This is a practice of acceptance and appreciation. Santosha does not mean inaction. It does not mean apathy. It does not mean mindless positivity. Not at all. You can hold Santosh while also experiencing the grief of injustice. You can hold Santosh while also working hard for equity and liberation. But without contentment, a deeper, deeper sense of gratitude, you are going to lose the plot. Your efforts will begin to crumble and your mind-body system will most surely begin to breed disease. This is 
exactly what a void of contentment is. It is dis-ease, dis-ease. So that's the second. The third is tapas or discipline. So, of course, cultivating discipline would help you to eradicate at least half, if not almost all of disease expressions that show up within you. But tapas doesn't just mean discipline. It translates more to like the fire or the heat of enthused, vigorous commitment. What tapas looks like for you is going to be specific to you and your vision and your goals for yourself. But engaging in tapas is a way to build self-trust and show up for something you truly deeply believe in with a diligence that speaks to our amazing capacity as humans to bypass our primal urges and instincts. So find something in your life that you want to commit to and go all the way with it. Feel that fiery heat and passion and stick to this. Something small to start with and build that self-trust internally. Now the fourth is Svadhyaya or self-study. I find this one to be so crucial and have given it extra time and space in the way I coach and guide others. Self-inquiry methods, observation, reflection, quietude, witnessing your own patterns, exploring how you might be sabotaging your own success, how you may call in harm or neglect through your own personal choices. Sometimes self-study requires reaching out to someone who can provide you with certain tools of inquiry, finding a coach, finding a mentor, holding yourself accountable instead of fixating on what the outside world can do better for you. And here again, Ayurveda really lends to self-study. Some of my most potent self-study has been through the lens of Ayurveda. Why I move the way I do. I have certain characteristics and tendencies, certain disease expressions, how to tie it all together, how to tend to it with practical and effective efforts. Again, yoga and Ayurveda, hand in hand. And now the last, the fifth, Ishvara Pranidhana, surrendering to a higher power. This one is probably the most difficult and simultaneously the most powerful. Surrendering to cosmic intelligence, moving against the conditioning to control the outcome, to fixate on the outcome, to fixate and cling onto certain ways or ideas. Ishvari Pranidhana is a return to the sacred and subtle forces that govern this entire universe. To trust that when you put in your best effort with truth, with heart, what unfolds is exactly perfect. It's exactly what is needed for you to grow, for you to evolve, for you to shine, even if it doesn't match what you had in mind. Even if it's full of pain and grief, that somehow, somewhere in the grander scheme of things, it is exactly what is needed. This is a type of faith one cannot teach. It must be felt and kindled from the insides. And please, again, do not mistake surrendering to a higher power to be a justification or an excuse for your or someone else's bad behavior. We understand these niyamas within the context of a larger ethics 
of compassion, of humility, of integrity. Anyone who uses Ishvara Pranidhana as a means to justify hateful or harmful behavior is completely delusional. Like with everything in yoga, we exist in duality. We surrender and yet we act. We grieve and yet we are content. We fight and yet we practice acceptance. Can you hold the fullness and paradox of this life? The niyamas ask you to step up in this way. And you best believe bringing your love to these niyamas will help burn through the roots of your ignorance and disease in unimaginable ways. And to close, just a little on how Ayurveda, again, is necessary in order to uplift and enliven your yoga practice. Here I'll speak more specifically to your yogasana practice, since this is what many of you are more actively engaged in. So we all know that there are two integral components to yoga, effort and ease. You need to activate, strengthen and engage certain muscle groups and joints and tendons while also relaxing, resting others. You require mental concentration as well as mental ease. Your breath must be focused, but also expansive. You must be committed to your practice and yet detached from expressions of progress. Ayurveda ensures that everything you do off the mat, how you eat, how you sleep, how you think, drink, breathe, is actually nurturing and enriching your mind-body system system's capacity for both effort and ease. Without the Ayurvedic insight, you might as well be choosing counterintuitively. I know a lot of yogis who do that. I was once that yogi myself. And when you act from this place of misinformation, you just hinder your body's own capacity and ability to show up with lightness and strength on the mat, on the mat meaning your body needs to work double time. You increase your potential for injury, strain, mental dissatisfaction. You begin to fixate even harder on your physical practice on the mat without realizing the real issues that need to be dealt with off the mats, but you just don't know where to begin. Integrating Ayurveda is a game changer. Work smarter, not harder people. And guide your students accordingly. So this was it. You now have a clear articulation of a main root cause of disease within your own body and the lives of your clients and your students. And we are all here to tend to the root of disease, to the roots of disease. We are not here for superficial, quick fix, band-aid solutions. Not at all. Now you have a clear articulation of how the practice of yoga feeds into Ayurvedic disease management and how studying and following Ayurveda simultaneously feeds into the fruitful practice of yoga. I am Nevrajendra, a clinical and professional practitioner, educator of Ayurveda, yoga and pranayam. This is the Embodied Ayurveda podcast. If you enjoyed this, do leave a five-star rating review. Stay connected. 
immerse yourself further all the details are in the show notes find me on instagram at the rate your health compass and goodbye big big love to you